Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood.
of history denying all the many many great things he has done i've heard them curse his name and they say there was no calvary oh but through it all his holy name of time this name has changed the lives of untold millions praise god this name is jesus and this jesus well he's The name of Jesus is living on today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Dust, will you guys come on up? It's going to sing. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise this morning to be in your house. Lord, I am thankful this morning that there is power in the blood. Oh, we couldn't have started off with a better song than there is power in the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you this morning for the blood that fell for each one of us this morning, God. Lord, you said that your blood covered a multitude of sins, Father. Lord, you took care of each one of us at the cross. And Lord, I come against any hindering spirit this morning, anything that would exalt itself above the name of Jesus. For Lord, your name is far above, as Connie said in Sunday school. School, far above any other name that could be named with our lips, God. We thank you this morning and we give you praise. We invite you into this service, Father. And Lord, we ask you to be part this morning of this service. And if there's one that doesn't know you, Lord, let them come to your saving knowledge and your grace this morning. For Lord, there's no better life to live. Father, we thank you this morning, God. Lord, that you lead and guide us, Father. And Lord, that we follow the spirit of truth this morning. Lord, you said that those that worship me must worship me in spirit and truth. And Lord, we lean upon you this morning, God. Well, I went to church one day to hear them sing and play. The preacher, he firmly plowed the gospel 
Jesus rescued me And now it's different
and um, on trying to get down there. The day before, we had our uh, tires changed, and we got, um, we were driving on highway, and Mike said, I have no brakes. And I'm like, what? Our whole family's in the car. And sometimes it feels like one thing just comes after the other, and that the enemy is just trying to take you out. Well, we, luckily, we were two minutes from our house, and there's a car wreck right around the corner. So we got it taken care of, and headed out the next day. Well, guess what happened? On the way down to vacation, he said, I have no brakes. And I'm like, what? We just paid to have it fixed, money that we didn't even have. And we, I'm sorry. It's a little thing, but it could have been bad. So we're sitting at a Love's gas station in the middle of the night, and he found a 24-7 mechanic who came and fixed it in the lot. We spent like seven hours in the gas station, so it made it rough. You know, vacation's a blessing. And then two people randomly blessed us with money, and I know that that might not seem like a big deal to you, but the goodness of God covers the little things and the big things. So I'm thankful for my salvation, but I'm thankful that he's with us every day, and he takes care of the things that nobody even knows about. So I'm thankful for him this morning. I'm going to sing Counting Every Blessing because he's been with me through it all, and if you don't know him, he'll be with you. Just hand it over to him this morning. I was blind, now I'm seeing in color. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. And I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm And change from a ruin a treasure. I've been given a hope and a future. strength 
Didn't walk heaven without. 
visiting today sure glad to see you and uh, we've had a lot of people in and out on vacation already started but I'm uh, still working but I'm glad to uh, God I'm thankful for the for these songs and the, and the musicians they've worked hard on a lot of these songs a lot of them has spent a lot of time working on them and I want to tell you something. We're not glorifying ourselves. We're not coming here to be in any competition or any rage of our own selves. We're only children of We only want to do what pleases Him. And that's what every heart needs to be, whether you're playing music, singing, teaching, or whatever you're doing. Put your heart right with God because God sees right through it all and He sees who you are today. And God is a gracious God. He's been patient with me all my life. He's patient with you. And there's no perfect people and there's no important people outside of Christ. But when he gets glorified, when he gets lifted up, his name lives on. And you know what? There's no plague or no pestilence or no anything else that can stop the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's alive and well. And I believe that with all my whole heart. I've watched through these things. God has done a mighty thing in the church in the last year and a half. Number one, he's brought out some truth. Truth to each other. Truth about who's, who's living for God, who's not. He's brought out truth of who, what church is, is holding on. And I, like I said, we're not trying to hold on to and act like we're somebody better than anybody else. You know what? I, you should pray for every church. Why? Because they're representing the name of Christ. And if they are not doing what's right, I pray God helps them get out of it. Helps them repent and be restored because the name of Jesus should be glorified. And if we're looking for salvation in anything else besides him, we've missed it. It's not on. It's on. Don't sound like it's on. Sorry. Something ain't working. Maybe it's my playing with this tie. I don't know why. But tie bothers me. Every once in a while I look and it's way over here and it's way over there. That knot is. I keep trying to put it straight. 
I began to study something this week. I know the last couple of weeks we talked about the Spirit of God. We talked about the love of God. This is something that God put on my heart today, and uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time getting to it because I think it's something God put on my heart. I began to read this scripture, and I began to think to myself, God, I don't know that I understand completely what this means. And you know why? Because when you read it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But it's something that God has told me in my heart, and I feel like this ever since I began to be a pastor. There's not a subject in this Bible or a page in this Bible that I'm going to avoid talking about. I'm going to bring out truth. I'm going to bring out what Jesus brought out. I'm going to bring out what the Father has aligned for the plan of God. Why? Because every bit of this word applies to me and you. It may not apply just right now, and maybe it don't apply to your personal life at times, but there's not nothing that's happened that's not clarified by what God's plan is. He knows exactly what the enemy's doing. He knows what's in the flesh. He knows what's happening to every one of us. He knows if you're truly one of his or if you're truly not. And that's why he's still being patient and working with people. And I look around our world, and you know what? You can think what you want. But the smarter we get, the farther we get away from God. That's not good. So look out, education. I'm not picking on education. I need it. But the truth is, I see us getting more comfortable, more pleasurable. more. You know what? Don't even get comfortable with good singing. If you think good singing is just done for no reason, look out. Because I'm going to tell you something other. God's trying to bless his people for the people who hear the words, feel the presence, and raise their heart and their hands to say, Lord, I glorify you in that song. I praise God for what's coming through it. That's, that's our responsibility. React to what God has brought forth. And these people, I know, they pray and they, they sing by what they pray. They are looking for what God is giving. And they're wanting to share. And that's exactly what I do. Every, if I don't do that, I, I, if I don't have God tell me what to talk about, I don't know what to talk about. You can say, well, you're just uneducated. You're unqualified. Yeah, I've told myself that a lot of times. But God keeps telling me every week what to talk about. So as long as he does, I'm going to. I want you to listen to this. It's in the 25th chapter of Matthew. But before I go there, now you can go to there, but I want to, I want to set the stage on this. The 24th chapter, third verse, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he prophesies about the end time. And where is he at? It just came out of the temple where he rebuked them for making his house a den of thieves. He walks out of the temple and he walks up to the Mount of Olives. I mean, he knows that that's right next to the temple of where Jerusalem is. And Jesus comes out and he walks up on the hillside. And the disciples are telling him, look at the temple. Look at the buildings. But in the 23rd, 24th chapter 
in the third verse, I just want to read that because I want you to hear this. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus had just said to the disciples, These temple buildings you're looking at, listen to me, every stone will be tore down. Now they're looking at a beautiful temple. But Jesus is telling them something, and they don't understand it. Now, I only want to set that up because I want you to hear this. I want you to remember where he's at. Where is Jesus at? He's on the Mount of Olives. Now, listen to what I mean because this is important. The Mount of Olives. And then in the Acts, the first chapter, when Jesus ascended after he had done the done died on the cross, arose from the dead. Now he's getting ready to ascend. And it says in the first chapter of Acts 11, verse, it says, which also said, ye men of Israel, why stand here gazing? These are those two uh, men in white apparel, the angels. And they said, why do you stand here gazing? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And they returned, in verse 12, they returned then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. How many knows Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives? Praise God. You know what I see? I see Jesus giving a message. The message will be in today of him sitting on the Mount of Olives. But at the same time, I want you to understand, at the end time, or when he come to the end of his time on earth's earth, he ascended from the Mount of Olives. And guess where he's going to be when he comes back? Zechariah 14.3 says, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle, and his feet shall stand in the day upon the what? The Mount of Olives. That means when Jesus comes back, not the rapture of the church, he's coming back to step his foot upon the ground. And when he does, he'll put his foot on the ground at Mount of Olives. Now, you know what? Tells me Mount of Olives means something. Tells me the Mount of Olives is what's, what's, where it's happened. And he comes back and it says here, His feet shall stand in that day on the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of the mountain, half of toward the south. And you shall... Listen, he's talking to Israel. And you shall flee of the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Yea, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, the king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. Now, what am I telling you that? I'm telling you that when he comes back, and I'm talking about 19th chapter of Revelation. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back. When he comes back, he'll put his foot up on the Mount of Olives. But there's more things happening than sometimes we read. Sometimes we don't get the grasp of what Jesus is talking about. But the truth is, I want you to turn on to the 25th chapter of Matthew. Why? Because Jesus is still in the 24th through 23rd up to the 26th. He's setting, 24th, he's setting upon the uh, Mount of Olives. He's talking to them from the Mount of Olives. And obviously, Jesus Christ being able to see forward, the same as we can see our past, Jesus Christ is looking 
and he is giving them prophecy of the end time. He's telling them what's going to happen. He goes through the 24th chapter talking to them, but in the 25th chapter, all of a sudden, he comes and starts talking in parables. And he says to the parable of the ten virgins, and he warns them. How many remembers the story of the ten virgins? Five were ready, five were wise, five were foolish. Now, why would Jesus start talking to them in parables? Here he says that, and he says what he's doing is he's warning them to stay ready because the bridegroom will come. Now, you know what? The church is not paying attention to this. And you say, well, he's talking about the end. Yeah, I know he is. But I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to hear it real clear. Did you know this day of him coming back could be seven years right down the line? It don't take nothing else to happen for the rapture of the church to happen. So the rapture of the church is going to happen, and then there's going to be a treaty signed in Israel, and then that seven years is going to start on the count. And seven years to that, Jesus is coming back to rescue Israel. I mean, here's what I'm saying. And he's also going to rescue all those that got saved or that held on through the uh, time of that seven-year tribulation time. Because there will be some, according to Scripture, that will live through the tribulation. But he's coming back. Now, we look at judgment as the judgment of the church standing before Christ. And we look at the last great white throne judgment. But I believe this is talking about what I'm going to talk about here in a minute. It's talking about the judgment of the nations. And it's talking about him coming back. Jesus don't say things for no reason. Now, hear what I'm telling you. In, uh, he goes on down in the 14th to the 30th of Matthew 25, and he says the parable of the talents, which is that he warns us that our place and our service in heaven will depend on our faithfulness. Listen, faithfulness, Christian. He, it's going to depend on your faithfulness and your service here. So what you're doing right now is telling where the place Listen to what I'm telling you. It's talking about your place and your service in heaven. Yes, we're going to reign and rule with Christ. Yes, when he sets up his kingdom, we'll be there. But I believe he's warning the, the church to stay ready, and I think he's also warning that the people needs to stay ready for the bridegroom comes, and he's warning you to stay working. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Working how? Working with Christ. Working in this salvation that's in you. Now I want to get on to my message. 2531. Listen to what this said. It says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory. This is Jesus talking now upon this Mount of Olives. He says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then shall he set up on the throne of his glory. How many knows there's a millennial reign coming? There's a time coming when Jesus is going to set up his reign. He's going to reign and rule. And you know what? He ain't coming back as no lamb. Hear what I'm telling you. You ain't talking about some nice uh, religious minister that's going to talk nice to you. You think I talk rough. I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus comes back, he ain't coming back as some humble lamb no more. He's coming back with truth. And he's coming back to speak judgment. And he's coming back to set people in the right order. And he will show in a thousand years what the reign of a true ruler that has love and 
grace and mercy and power in his words. There won't be no uh, people getting out of line. Our justice system that has fell off, guess what? They're going to get fired. Somebody, you know what? I don't mind working for the justice system. Let me, let me, I'm not, I'm not nobody. But, oh, Lord, he's going to put some godly people in the justice system, and they're going to reign and rule the way he says rule. Praise God. We're looking forward to something. I'm not here to just entertain, or you're not here to entertain. We're not here to entertain people coming in the door. If we don't talk about what God's talking about, we're wasting our time. But he has plans. He goes on to say, He goes on to say in verse 32, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and but the goats on the left. How many know Jesus is a shepherd? He said in John 10, he said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And I am known of them. Hear me, here's what I'm telling you. See, I want you to understand something today. Here's the question. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? I'm going to ask you a straight question. You may not like me for it, but see, I know as God's been dealing with our, do you have the spirit of God two or three weeks ago? And last week talking about the love of God. I want to tell you something. God's trying to tell the church to get ready. God's trying to tell the church, I don't want to come back and pick you up in the corner doing nothing. Excuse me, he don't want that. That's what the people, the one guy with the talents, he gave one five, one two, and one one there in the middle of that 25th chapter. And guess what the one did? He went and hid it. He did nothing with it. Let me tell you something, Christian. It's a lie from hell to tell you you got saved to go sit down and wait for the bus to come. That's not what God's telling you. God saved you, set you free, and you're to share what God has put inside of you. If you don't have nothing but to say, oh, no, once I was lost, and now I'm found. Jesus Christ forgave me of my sins, and I am free, and I'm a child of the king. You need to tell everybody you talk to about it. And I'm not telling you to be a belligerent. I'm not telling you, be the love, show the love of Christ in your life. But let me tell you something, you're to work. You're not to be sitting around doing nothing. And Jesus is going to show that in this, in this, he's talking to his disciples. Think about it. He's sitting up on that mountain and he's talking to his disciples. It says, and he shall set the, let me 34. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, come ye blessed of my father. Now he points to the sheep. And he says, come, you blessed of my father. Where am I at? Yeah. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For when I was a hungered, you gave me meat. And I was thirsty, you gave me drink. And I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. Or I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came unto me. You read that, and I've read it a thousand times. Can I tell you something? All my commentaries and all my books that I got, and I got half of them says one thing, and half of them says another. 
Can I tell you? And I will tell you something, Christian. I don't really need their commentary, but sometimes I realize a lot of people are smarter than I am. So I try to read and comprehend, but the, you know what? Bill, none of them impressed me that much. None of them really to me. And I kept looking at it saying, God, I don't want to bring a message I don't know what I'm talking about. And he said, it ain't that. It's my message. You tell what I tell you. So you know what I did? I looked at this, and I kept looking, and I thinking, you know what? Sounds like to me Jesus is uh, uh, confirming these people because they did great works. I mean, here's it. He was hungry, and he fed him. He was thirsty, and they gave him drink. He was a stranger, and they took him in. Sounds like a works deal, don't it? Do you know we got people today working their self to death with good gifts? And they think that's going to earn them to heaven. It's not. This is what I'm telling you, church. That doesn't mean because you do good works, you're going to heaven. Number one, you got to put faith in Christ first. You got to accept Him as the Savior because the glory is not going to you. You won't walk around saying, Let me see what I can do to bless everybody. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to just walk in what he gives you to walk in. And as you walk in it, works will come. And they will go by and you'll say, and people will try to pat you on the back. Lee, I was trying to pat you on the back this morning. I'm, I'm sorry. I tried to pat Lee on the back because he's been out here working at the church. But the truth is, if you're, not, if you're not doing it for God's sake, if you're not doing it to be a part of what God told you to be, then you know what? It won't help you none a bit if I pat you on the back or everybody else pat you on the back. Because all you're doing is get glory out of people. And you know what? Some people satisfied. They think because they, even Christians, they think if I do good things, God's going to be good to me. He's just going to bless me to death. Let me tell you something. God likes obedience. He likes you to walk in him. He wants you to have love in your heart, not uh, here, take this money and go, go get yourself a job. Go help yourself, buy you some clothes, get yourself straight. You know what? You can't help nobody that way. The only way you can do it is tell them about Jesus Christ. If there doesn't come a change, there will be no works worth having. I don't care what they do. You can build a Trump Tower. If he don't know Christ, all that stuff's going to fall. I mean, here's what I'm saying. So you got to ask your question. Am I a sheep or am I a goat? I know it's getting quiet here. Knew it would be. But I'm not picking at nobody. See, I know what Jesus is telling them. He's telling them, get them ready. Tell them the truth. Make them see what I'm saying. He goes on. He says, they did all these works. It says, these are not the root of salvation. Your works is not the root of your salvation. They are the effects of your salvation. Let me hear what I'm saying. Because you're saved, I work. Not I work so I can impress somebody or I can even impress God. No, I'll please God when I'm obedient to what he tells me. When I stay in his word and listen to his word and follow it, then you know what? Works will happen. Now, you know, I'm not telling you he don't want you to use your brain. I'm not telling you to walk around like a uh, you know, zombie and bump into walls. But as the spirit of God gives you 
He's guiding you. He's trying to, and you know what? He'll, he's guided me many times into places was like a cliff. And I think to myself, Lord, I can't step there. I ain't got the ability. And you know what he says? Do you trust me? Is your faith in me or is it in you? Because you can't do it, but I can do it. And he tells me to step. I mean, here's what I'm saying. God's trying to tell us, walk by faith in him and works will come. They will automatically come through your life. They won't be that you did this and, oh, I'm going to get all kinds of pats on the back from everybody. You know what? I don't do it for that reason. I do it for him. If I'm not doing it for him, it's no good. Okay, when, when, when they, they asked the question, when saw we, it says then in verse 37, then shall the righteous answer him and saying, Lord, when saw we uh, thee and hungered and fed thee, thirsty and gave thee drink, when saw we a stranger and took you in and naked and clothed thee, and when saw we thee sick or in prison and came to thee? And the king shall answer them and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it to one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. Now see, that gets back into, do you love people like you love yourself? Do you hear the commandments, the, bad, the, the two commandments that are the things that the whole law is wrapped up into? It's wrapped up in do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself? If you truly love people, the works that God is trying to do through you is going to happen. And it's not how many dollars you give or how many times you put yourself in the, in the way. You will find yourself that God will put you right where he wants you to be. going to get out of this for a second. It says in James 2, 8 and 9, this is talking about the love. It says, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself, you do well. But if you have respect of person, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Let me tell you something. I don't give a hoot who you vote in up there in, in Washington, D.C., I want you to understand something. I don't care who's in charge of your company. I don't care who's in charge. If they don't work in the royal love of what Christ in them, and they most don't. How many knows they most of them don't? It says, you know what they have? They have respect to person. That's how they left serving me and you. They serve for, for honors and, and powers from other people. And that's how our country's fallen. The enemies got in, and we're back to ourself. We're back to doing what the old man says do. Glorify me. Put me in the power. They have respect the person. Says you commit sin and are convinced of, convinced of the law of transgressors. I don't know how you see it, but I see transgressors. When I look at these people on there, they say one thing and then they turn right around and they do just the opposite of what they say. You vote them in for this reason and they go off and, turn, and they promise you everything on this side. But as soon as they get to the other side, let me tell you something, that's not, that's not shepherds to the people. And they are not sheep, they're goats. 
old goats. Sorry. They're old goats and they're leading the young goats wrong. But they're filling their, their minds and their hearts with self-edification. And guess what? God's eventually they've done this so long that God, they don't want God in their, in their uh, courtrooms. They don't want God in anything. Don't bring up God. That's the, that's the way they look at it. And it's crossing through our whole nation. And it's crossing through the whole world. Because we all have accountability to each other. In Matthew 16, 27, there's one verse that says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father and his, with his holy angels. Then he shall reward every to his what? His works. Do you know what? I'm going to stand before Christ because I have faith in him. My faith is in him. My salvation is in him. But can I tell you, it was said a long time ago, faith's an action word. You're going to have to put legs upon your faith. If you think just saying, I believe in God, and you sit over there and never say I to say nothing to someone else, guess what? God didn't save you for that. He told them to get up and go tell somebody. And that's our call. It's our call to bring the gospel before people. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and I'm not going to be quiet about it. And I'm not a forward person. You think I am, but I'm not. I am not a forward person. I get out, and my wife can talk to anybody. I can't. I'm just standing around and wait for her to start talking. And when she starts talking, a lot of times the door opens, I get to talk to people. And she'll tell me, oh, you do all the talking. You all the talking. We went, we went one time, April, you was, I know you remember, we had this little group at the little church, and they was going to go out witness to the neighborhood. Well, they assigned me and my wife to go visit this lady. We get to the house, and all the way up the walkway, she's saying, you do all the talking, you do all the talking, you do all the talking. We didn't know these people from nowhere. And I walk up to the door, and I said, hello, we're from Full Gospel, Full Gospel Tabernacle, I think it was assembly what it was and the lady said yeah said uh, she just got back from having a child and she's in the other room well my wife stepped in front of me and did all the talking <laughs> I thought I'm just here to open the door that's it <laughs> she talked for 15 20 minutes and then walks away and said boy that's pretty easy wasn't it <laughs> let me tell you something other it don't matter who you are Get a hold of what God is doing in you and start walking. If you need help, God, you know, he sent them out by twos. He sent them out all through the scripture by twos. He sends you support. In Ephesians, I want you to hear this because I won't want you to get confused about this scripture. Because it says in Ephesians 8 and 10, or 2, 8 through 10, and you've heard this all your life. It says, for by grace you're saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I don't care how much work you do. I don't care how much you help the church. I will still tell you that you're not saved by your works. You didn't get there by that. You're getting there only because of what Jesus did at Calvary. And if you don't accept what he's did as the Savior of the world, you can't step in to this glorious salvation of Jesus Christ. 
You can't, and you'll sit in church time after time and again and walk back out and you'll still be dead. I'll hate to tell you. You'll still have not salvation inside of you if you don't first come to the door and say, Jesus, I believe you paid my price, a price I couldn't pay. I could not restore myself. I'm a lost sinner, and now I'm saved because of what you have done, not nothing I have done. But see, as soon as he changed me inside, he began to work on me, and he began to put me on a straight and narrow path, and he began to fill me, Duran, with words that I didn't understand. Sometimes I think I'm dumb as a rock. I can't get this Bible straight. I can't understand they asked me to teach, made me a nervous wreck. I'd spent all, all week in the basement for a 20-minute message in a, in a Sunday school class that had the book, wrote down how to do it. Why? Because I knew I could not do it. I knew it was over my head, and every little word I come to that I didn't understand, I had to look it up in the dictionary. And I'm thinking to myself, God had his hands full dealing with me, but he loves me. And he saved me, and inside he changed me. wasn't about me no more. It's about him. So if you keep walking with him, guess what? You're going to find yourself someday looking in the mirror and saying, who in the world are you? And what in the world do you think you're doing? But see, I ain't nothing without him. I still am nothing without him. And all the works that goes with it, you know what, Randy? It means nothing without we got him still. I got a goal line to cross. Jesus is saying those sheep and those goats, he said, I've seen them. Now, there's other beliefs on this when it talks about the nations because it believes Jesus is coming back to judge those that went against Israel. When he comes back, he comes back to fight that battle of Armageddon. And he sets all these nations that's come against Israel, he'll set them straight. And those that's been against Israel, how many knows we got a lot of nations against Israel today? You can watch the news. Even America, I question. Sometimes I question what we're doing. But listen to me. Jesus is going to come back with a judgment. Setting upon the Mount of Olives, he spoke of that day coming. And like I said, it could be right down the road. Right down the road. Because you see everybody turning on Israel. But there will be some that will try to support Israel. Even during that tribulation time. Because that's why he calls them sheep and goats. Now that's the other belief of this, this whole judgment. Because there is a judgment. And it's not the white throne judgment. But he judges them and he sends some of them to hell. Like it or not, but look at the end of it. That's what he does with the goats. Why? Because they are didn't even know. They don't care enough. They're very selfish. How many knows we live in a selfish time? We live in such a selfish time. People will walk by. You can drive down the expressway and ten people broke down and you won't stop and help one. Number one, we're afraid. What are we afraid of if we're God's people? Now, I'm not trying to tell you to stop and pick up everybody, but I'm trying to tell you it's noticeable in our nation that we can have all the wealth that we want to, but we still don't want to love our neighbor. We still don't want to help nobody. We don't really want to be sheep. We'd rather be goats. Goats are selfish. When Jesus got into the same saying to the goats, you know what he said to them? 
When I was hungry, you fed me not. When I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. And they looked at him and said, when did we see you? We didn't see you. As you have done it to the least, you've done it to me. I mean, here's what I'm saying. That's why this nation has shined for so many years. We've been a nation that helps people. We don't go destroy other nations and leave them in the gutter. We'll, we'll fight them, set things straight. Then we'll go rebuild their whole country and give them food and give them goods and give them education and help them. And you know what? I know we've messed up a lot of times, but mostly because we've stepped away from God. But that's what God wanted this light on the hillside. This is why he wanted this country to stand. Plus, he wanted somebody to stand with Israel. And we were he gave us the muscle to stand with him. He says on below in that Ephesians, he says, For we are his workmanship. How many sees that word? What's a workmanship mean? That means workers. That's what that means, workers. You know what? You got workers that work. And this is the workmanship. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Not because we're, we did good works, we become Christ. We can become his children. No, it's because he has saved us and created us to be his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, I can tell you something. You may not like me for saying this, but that don't excuse nobody. I don't care any of what excuse you've got. Listen to me. If Jesus Christ saved you, speak it. Speak it to somebody. Jesus didn't waste words sitting up on that mountain. He never wasted words when he spoke them to the disciples. He said, create Christ Jesus, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk in what? Walk in the works. We're, what are you saying? We're going to be judged by our works? Yes, we are. Christian, you're going to be judged for your works. You can say, well, as long as I get to go to heaven, that's all that matters. No, get busy for Jesus. You get busy, you ain't going to see him coming. And the last thing I want to do is leave and go to heaven and say they were not ready. Because they didn't know. And so many are telling them it don't matter anything else. As long as you know Christ and even in, even in other churches, and I ain't going to pick out nobody else, but I'm going to tell you something. When you tell people they're saved no matter what they do, you're giving them a, a door that says, I don't sin or I don't. I get to go to heaven no matter what I do. And I'm going to tell you something, that's bad. Tell your child you got rules in your house and then tell you now when, you, when I leave, you can do whatever you want to. I guarantee you they'll do whatever they want to. They're not going to worry about your rules. I want you to understand salvation is faith that brings you to works. I want you to hear and the sheep understood that. They understood they were his sheep. His sheep hear his voice. They are known of him. He knew them. Did you know when Jesus separated them, he knew exactly where the sheep were. He knew exactly where the goats were. Sheep and goats will graze together. You know that? But at the end of the day, the sheep have got this wool on them. 
They don't need to buddy up with nobody. They can lay down and keep warm, sit there all night. But the goats, they got to hug together. They ain't got no, they ain't got no wool to hold them, keep them. So they're, they're going to be separated. At night, they separate the two. The shepherd, even though he's got goats and sheep in there, he'll separate them at night. God's coming to a day of separation. You know it, I know it, because it's written all through his word. He's coming to a day of separation. What's he separating? He's separating the sheep from the goats. If you're not a, uh, if you don't know that you're his child, I wrote something down, I read the other day. It says those, these good works are only accepted by God because of our relationship. Now listen, between the servant and his master. Are your good works because you're serving the master? Listen to what I'm telling you. Or it says it's also between the saved and their savior. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Now listen, if you're a real sheep, what you do is for the master's sake. You're a servant. Or if you're really saved, I serve the Savior. Then the last one it says, if you're a sheep, I serve the shepherd. Whatever the shepherd tells me to do, that's what I do. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Now, these good works are only accepted by God through our relationship through him. And you can see it in all sides. It says, faith without works is dead. James went to it. Paul told it a different way, but James is telling it his way. Paul was dealing with the facts that people thought they could do all kinds of things, and it was okay. They were earning their way. They were going back into the law, trying to include the law. That's why Paul said it that way. James is explaining to the church. He says in James 2.20, he says, but... Wilt thou know, O vain man, that a man that faith without works is dead? If you claim to have faith in Christ, but you do no works, let me tell you something, your faith is dead. I mean, knows what I'm saying. You say, well, that's your job. You're the one supposed to go tell people about Jesus. You're the one supposed to go visit the hospital. You're the one supposed to get on your knees and pray for people. You're the one supposed to witness to the neighbors. I don't live where you live, and I don't go where you go. And I'll tell you your responsibility. Our people, this church, and everyone, we are responsible to be sheep in this world and to take the gospel truth and to do what he's telling us to do. You're not doing it because you're earning your salvation. You're saved because you accepted him. But you're doing it because you are saved. And you know that he requires that you walk as his sheep. He goes on to say, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You say, well, see, he got it. He was justified at works. Yeah, he did works, but let me tell you something. He already believed God way back before that. He already said when he saw the, the stars in the sky, he said, I believe in everything that the Father He says, I believe, and it was counted to him for righteousness. 
was already the person that believed in God. And that's why he took his only son, Isaac, and took him to the mountain to offer him as a sacrifice because the word of God told him to do it. See, we do things knowing that God's telling us to do them and have no idea how it's going to turn out. But yet we trust in the voice of him whom we know. He goes on to say, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, was imputed to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith alone. That means if you're going to be justified when you get to the end of this life, you better walk with works in your life. Nobody wants to hear what I'm saying. I know they don't. Because I can tell you right now, last thing, Bill, that I, somebody, last thing I want to hear is you need to do more works. I would go with my father. I'd go different places. And I don't know where he had it in his mind that maybe I was going to be the pastor. So he kept telling me, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I used to think, Pop, that ain't my call. That's yours. I love you, Dad, and I'll go with you, and I'll, I'll be your support. But that's not me. That's you. He leaned over to me one time sitting in the back pew in the, in the fellowship hall, and he leaned over to me, and he goes, you know, you, you need to probably visit the hospitals a little more. And I just looked at him like, man, Dad, I work a full-time job on the railroad. I never know if I'm going to be here, and you're telling me I ain't visiting the hospitals enough. Pop knew that if you're going to take this call, you're going to have to be find out that God's going to expect you to walk where he tells you to walk. And let me tell you something. Uh, this old man didn't want to do that stuff. This old man said, Pop, you are, I walk behind you, and, and I love the way you do it, but I can't do what you do. I'm not you. But how many knows it's God that he was walking with? And he was trying to say, get closer to God and walk in your works. Walk with what God has given you to do. I'm not trying to beef you up with works. I'm trying to explain to you that there is a walk that a sheep must walk. And that means keep Christ on your mind and keep his, what he desires for you to do first. Lord, I'm about pleasing you. That's why it says obedience is greater than sacrifice. You can sacrifice all you want to. You can give your body to be burned, and it's not going to get you anywhere if you don't love people and you're not walking in obedience to him. Okay, Becky, come on back up. I didn't get to the last part of the goats, but Jesus is telling his disciples, your faith needs legs. Let me say this to you. Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, one verse, he said this. Listen to these words. He said, study to show yourself approved unto God. How many hears that? If you're not studying to show yourself approved unto God, guess what? You're not going to hear from God. You're going to have to get back in his word and find out, where am I, Lord? What do I know of your word? So many times I'd say to myself, Lord, I don't know enough of your word. 
But when I'd get into a pickle and somebody would ask me a question and all of a sudden stuff would come out of me, I didn't even know I had inside of me. Because the Spirit of God was helping me to see that it's not you. I will feed you. He says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman, there's that workman, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. On over in the next chapter in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. The man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto what? All good works. I need to be furnished unto good works. So what do I need to do? I need to get in the Word of God and let it correct me. Hear what I'm saying, church? God's talking to one of us. He's trying to explain to us, we're his children. Walk in it. Don't ignore that you're to walk in it because I don't care if you've got the heating and air man coming to your house. You know what? Have enough gumption to say, do you love Jesus Christ? You know how many people I've had that look me in the face and say, do you know Jesus as your Savior? And you know what? Sometimes they almost offend me. Well, yes, I do. But the truth is, they're looking for the evidence, looking for the witness. And if you're a child of God, you'll be happy with a smile on your face to say, yes, I love him. He's my best friend. He's my Lord, my Savior. He's my shepherd. I don't know where I'm going unless he tells me. I don't know what tomorrow holds unless I hold to the shepherd. Where am I? I'm a sheep. I'm not a goat. I'm a sheep. I hear his voice. I know he tells me to walk a certain way. He don't give me great words, say, oh, you know, you, Timothy, are going to go today and you're going to go speak in my name to this person. You're going to say this. No, that ain't what he does. He tells you to walk in it. Have it on your heart and in your mind. Me and my wife went down to the, to the doctor's office. I go in there and I get my report from the doctor. My wife's so happy. She gets in the elevator. Some black lady made the mistake of getting on the elevator with us. But I'm telling you, my wife never shut up for four four. Four floors. And when we got down to the bottom floor, she and her, she and that lady was having a revival in the in the lady. And they were just worshiping and praising God and holding hands. And I said, hey, honey, I'll just go get the car and I'll pick you up. <laughs> and the lady that was checked us in, standing there, you know, she's got that, she's the one always made you put your mask on and all that. She's checking people in and out. She started, she kept looking over like, what in the world are they doing over there? Can I tell you, it don't matter where you're at. Jesus will thrill your soul. He'll thrill you. And he'll be a witness in you and through you. But you got to have a work mind. Oh, Lord, I don't want to sit down. I want to be in this, God. Whatever you want me to do, put me wherever you need me to, Lord. I don't sit home. I don't care what's going on. I don't sit home. Why? I need whatever's going on here. I need it. Makes me a better worker. Keeps my spirit sharp. Keeps my learning of the Word of God sharp. I love to see what Jesus has done in others. Don't you? 
don't you get thrilled when somebody else says, wait a minute, you can't do all the talking. I want my turn. I want to tell you what Jesus done in me. Praise God. We're coming to a day. Judgment is coming. It could be right around the corner. Can I tell you? We got a lot of people sitting in church that ain't sheep. That ain't sheep. They're goats. They don't know that God's telling them to walk in this. They don't understand. They think the association puts them there. Even Israel, even a lot of them, they have no, there's a blindness upon them. God's working his plan. He's bringing the church to the end. One day we'll be in heaven. You say, why talk about that kind of a judgment? We won't even be here. Some that do not, listen to me, if you don't make it in the rapture, you're going to be here. Seven years goes by awful fast, especially us older people. We just know the time just flies by. The same like as yesterday, these kids were 10, 12 years old. Now they all graduated. And I thought to myself, Lord, time's flying by. But can I tell you, that ain't going to go so quick when you're striving and searching for some, some way of making it without taking that mark of the beast. I'm going to say something you ain't going to like, but I'm going to say it. A lot of push going on in our country about shots. See, I, I kind of told her, trust you, I'm not going to bring that subject up. It's your own business what you do. I know my personal look, and I can tell you and give you my excuses, my reasons that I don't agree with it. But my biggest thing is, is that the people that starts all this stuff and the people that refused to give the right medicine when they had the people that was involved in this sickness they pulled it back and wouldn't let you have it these same people are pushing for a virus or a vaccine the ones that i think pushed the virus they are now pushing the vaccine and they have the patent on those things and i think to myself you know what that's not what worries me i'm not worried about a shot i don't want you to be upset at me i don't want you to think i feel any bit different to you i don't but i want you to understand this if the mark of the beast is coming, it'll come with you making a choice. Read the 13th chapter of Revelation. It'll come with whether or not you decide, I will take the mark because I can't buy and sell. I can't feed my children. I can't do this. You're going to face that whether you like it or not if you're here in the tribulation time. So you either make up your mind, I will make my choice. I tell you right now, that's what they're looking at now. How easy. That's what the enemy's looking at. How easily it is to hang the carrot out and people runs for it. And I think that's what's happening, going to happen in the mark of the beast. He's going to hang the carrot out and everybody says, well, i got to do what i got to do. And they'll go right ahead and take the mark. But you, don't, you read the rest of the Bible, you'll find out it's written all the way through to the end. That those didn't, that neither took the mark of the beast. It's in the book of Revelation all the way down to the end. Why? Because he's saying, you've gone too far. You've not only refused to trust me, but you've pledged yourself to that Antichrist. You've pledged yourself to, to stand with him. You say, why bring that up? I want us to walk as sheep, hearing his voice. I want us to pay attention. 
because someday along, we've cruised for a long time, American Christians. We've cruised for a long time. There's days coming when you're going to have to make decisions and you're going to have to stand against what the enemy is doing in our country. You may not be able to get it voted in the way you want it, but you can make your stand. I hope I didn't offend nobody because I'm not trying to offend nobody. And it ain't about the shot I ain't afraid. It goes with it. And I praise God for those that made it a choice and they did what I pray that you're healthy and I pray that God takes care of you and there's no problem with it. But I don't trust the people that's in charge of this. I don't trust the push. The push of people that they can't even say it's a legal drug. They can't even say it's a legal vaccine. They say that, they, that they're putting out stories that says that people that take the vaccine and got sick and went to the hospital and they wouldn't cover their insurance because they took an experimental vaccine. Now you say, well, that's stupid. Or you're believing all the garbage. I ain't believing nothing. All I know is there's a separation coming. You'll either make up your mind, I'm going to listen to the voice of God, I'm going to listen to what God is saying, or you're going to keep following what the world says and say, well, God understands. He's telling us in the book of Revelation that day's coming. Okay? Everybody stand. Jesus loves you. It's the most important thing you'd ever find out in your heart. Jesus loves you. If you don't know him as your Savior, you need to know him. If you don't walk with him now, you need to make up your mind today. Lord, I want you first in all things. I don't want to walk out and be an old goat. I want to be a sheep. I want to listen. Listen to what the voice of God is saying. Jesus did not write that down to confuse people. He wrote it down because it's definitely going to happen. At the end of the tribulation, he's coming to set up his kingdom. And that's why he's aligning those nations. He's going to put those that are sheep on the right side and those that were not his sheep, those that went against Israel, guess where they're going? They're going to be punished and they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You think that's a fairy story? It's not. Wear his sheep. Hear his voice. Make him your shepherd today. While they sing.